I'm Dustin Williams, and this is Old Man Style Cards, a podcast about trading cards. I started in the hobby in 1987 and just jumped back in. I'm here to talk about junk wax and throwbacks, what's changed, and some tips and tricks to help you better understand the hobby. New to the hobby? Just jump back in? I'm here to help you. New episodes every week on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you stream podcasts. Hey everybody, it's Dustin Williams and welcome to episode 2 of the Old Man Style Cards podcast. Make sure that you follow this podcast on Spotify or on Anchor. We're looking to get it on Apple Music and a few other platforms very soon. But right now, the two places you can find this awesome podcast is on Spotify or Anchor. Today's episode is going to focus a little bit around trade nights, card shows, and engagement in the hobby. So we're going to break down those three topics in today's podcast. And again, thank you for joining. And let's go ahead and jump right in. So I'm going to start with uh, trade nights. So I'm going to start with trade nights. Before I jump into trade nights, let's start with just just the purity of trading cards. Because this is Old Man Style Cards podcast. And so everybody that's listening, you probably remember trading cards and... uh, just, just the fun of just trading a card with someone. And so um, I really think in my childhood and growing up and just being in the hobby, there's, there's probably no greater memory than just trading a, a baseball card or a basketball card or any card with a friend or someone that you, maybe you didn't know that well. But just trading a card with someone, it, I mean, I don't think anything can get much better than that. And just the purity of... You're opening up a, a, a magazine, a Beckett magazine, and you're opening it up and you're looking at prices and then looking at your friend and they're looking at your cards and you might be sweating a little bit and a little stressed out because you may be giving up one of your favorite cards, but you're just having fun trading cards and getting new things added to your collection. I think that's what I love most about trading cards is the chance to add a new card to my binder or add a new card um, to my collection because I just don't have it. And without my friend and being able to trade cards to my friend, I wouldn't be able to have it. And so I just want to share with you a fun story um, of trading cards and probably my favorite story, honestly, of trading cards um, and what I call a, a deal gone wrong. But at the time, I mean, I, I still th- I shouldn't say it that way. I think it's, it was a good trade, but I, I probably wouldn't do that if I had a chance to do it again. But I had a friend. I went to his house. I was probably it's when Skybox was around, so it was probably I was probably eleven years old when this trade went down. But I went to a friend's house, and he all, he had. I remember seeing it the last time I went to his house. But he had a nineteen eighty eighty three Fleer Ryan Sandberg, and that was his rookie card. And I love Ryan Sandberg. Um, and I, and I, and for some reason I just loved this card because it was older. Like I didn't have a single card in my collection at that time. That was from 1983. I think, I think the oldest card I had was the 87 tops that I referred to in the first episode. And he had an 83 Fleer Ryan Sandberg. And at the time, I think that card was worth like 20 or $25. It was a, it was a pretty expensive card to have. And I had just had, uh, I just got through a whole set of 1990 Skybox basketball. And I remember at that time, I was like, "Ah, I don't really, I mean, I like this set, but I asked my friend, I said, you know, what would you trade for that? And, and, you know, my collection, I didn't have a whole bunch of 20 or $25 cards. All my cards are like a dollar or a dollar 50 and going up uh, with an occasional maybe good card mixed in between. 
And my friend's like, no, nah, I've got that one. I've got that one. But how about this? He goes, I'll trade you the 1983 Fleer Ryan Sandberg for the whole set of your 1990 Skybox. And so that's with Michael Jordan included into that set. And at the time, I believe I had another Michael Jordan. I think that's why I decided to trade him the whole set of 1990 Skybox. Because when he said that, I didn't want to pull the trigger, but I did. And I traded a whole set of 1990 Skybox for one card. And I remember when I made that trade, it's like that thing you do, you know, like say you spend money on something or that's, that you don't, that you know that you want, but you're like, man, that's a lot of money. You kind of have that, that nervous sweat. That's what I had as a 10, 11 year old kid that day was I remember getting picked up by my, by my dad or mom. And I was like, yeah, they, you know, how did, how did trading go? I was like, well, pretty good. I traded the whole set of Skybox. And they're like, you traded all those cards? I'll never forget my brother giving me a hard time about it too. He's like, never trade a whole set of cards for one card. And so, yeah, so I made that deal. And to this day, I still have the 1983 Fleer Ryan Sandberg. I wish it was in better shape. Um, but it's not in bad shape, but I wish I had um, I've kept it in a little bit uh, better condition. But, yep, I've still got the 1983 Fleer Ryan Sandberg. And so it kind of trades off because I just bought, you know, a box, a 1990 Skybox. And, you know, I've got a lot of those cards back and I've collected a lot of those. But, again, just just that memory of trading with my friend. Like I said, I can tell you play-by-play play of that trade. And that was, you know, almost 30 years ago. So that tells you about how excited, you know, I got as a kid trading cards. And probably you did. Um, it's just fun. And so let's fast forward. I'm 41 now. I'm like, I, like, why should trading cards in that fun end? Like, I want to do that again. And so what I decided to do was I uh, reached out to a couple of buddies and some people had reached out to me as they've seen on Facebook and my Instagram like that, you know, I, I'm collecting cards and having a good time with it. And I remember... Uh, just telling, uh, I was telling my friends, I was like, I think I'm going to do a trade night. W- would you be up for it? And a couple of my friends are like, yeah, I'll do that. And so I was like, well, if we could just get a few people together, that's, that's better than, that's better than nothing. And then at least I can share my cards with people and see if I can build up my collection a little bit. And so what I, what I did was I just put it on Instagram, uh, on my Instagram page, old man style cards, make sure you're following that. And that's old man style cards on Instagram. And I just put out there that I'm doing the first annual trade night. And it was going to be at a friend's house. And uh, we were going to do it either in his garage or um, his upstairs uh, room that he has. And we was going to have fun trading cards like we did back in the day. And it was actually a really good response. When I sent it out the first time, you know, you never know what you're going to get with something like that. Is anybody going to respond or say anything or do anything and so I, I didn't really care about how many people were going to attend per se I just wanted to get get to get the ball rolling and so my friend Delane Hayes uh, decided that he was going to help me out and he said yeah let's just use my house we were going to use I think like his um, garage but we just used his house and uh, put it out there and on our first trade night we had let's see one, two, we, had, we had about four dads show up and we had um, Delane's son was there, and we also had uh, my buddy Chad and his son were there. And so we had we actually had two kids there, and four and four or five of us adults that were there, um, just looking at cards, having fun. My friend Delane had an old box of cards that we opened there, and um, just had fun, just talking about you know cards and the memories that we're doing like this on this podcast, and having fun just going down memory lane, talking about you know our favorite players, things like that. 
we were looking at some some folks' cards and kind of I was kind of giving some tips on what I think that card would grade at or where you can get them graded and things like that and the centering of a card. It's good to even have another set of eyes on a card when you think, oh yeah, I think this would be worth as a ten or a nine. Like it's good to have another set of eyes on a card like that. And so we just had a great time. We had some pizza and just went old school, eating pizza, looking at cards and having fun on a Saturday night. And I joke with people that a trade night is like a bunko night or a night where, you know, girls get together with Tupperware or jewelry or whatever. This is the guy's version. And girls are welcome by any means. Don't get me wrong. But when I say this is Tupperware night or Bunko night or what Pampered Chef or whatever, whatever those things are, you know, this is this is our night to have <laughs> to have some fun and just just get away from some things. And so um, that's what a trade night is. And that's what I did. And then the um, second trade night, we were I was like, I want to do this again. And this kind of hit me. Sometimes I get some of my best ideas when I'm in the shower or I'm walking around the neighborhood. And it hit me. I was like, I'm going to I'm gonna talk to one of my friends. His name is Josh. And he owns a, a bar restaurant in downtown Garner called Shady's. And I was like, I'm just going to ask Josh to see if he would be willing to host a trade night at his bar and business that's in downtown Garner. And a couple of people couldn't make the first trade night, and he was one of them. He couldn't make it. And he said, tell me about the next one. And then we just kind of talked, and I was like, hey, yeah, let's host it at your business. And so that's what we did. Um, we For our second one, we had it at his business um, in downtown Garner. We just did, a, did another flyer. So some tips and things if you're looking at doing a trade night in your local community or area. Um, a few tips I think I would like to share with you would be, one, just communicate, communicate, communicate. Usually you may post it on your Instagram or post it on your Facebook page once. You know, I don't do that. Just post it numerous times because a lot of people just don't see your feed. It's all about the algorithms on social media. So the more you can post, um, you know, things and remind people, that that's big. Um, the second tip that I would say with, with, with marketing your trade night if you're doing one is to make a make a fun flyer so i at work right now we use canva um and there's a it's a free program that you can use and you can make cool flyers on canva and that's what i did is i used canva that program and made a cool flyer and did some flames on it and um just just put my trade night on there and so um Another tip that I would tell you is uh, if you could find a sponsor or just find a friend like I did, like that could maybe give you a spot to host it at. So it'll be less intimidating doing it at a friend's house and you could take more people if you did have a big crowd is to find a place to do it at. But don't let that limit you. If you can't find a business to do your trade night at, then, you know, like I said, there's nothing wrong with using a garage or someone's house. Um, or driveway, you know, if you figure out how you want to do it and just have fun with it. But yeah, uh, finding someone to sponsor it. And then, and then another step that I took it like to take this and take it to another level for the trade night that I did um, was finding sponsors. And so I was like, if I could do this trade night and now that I got a place to do it at, wouldn't it be cool if I had someone sponsor the food? And so I had a local real estate agent named Nick Spindler and Nick is with Grow Local Realty, and he sponsored my um, he sponsored uh, the food at this card show, 
And then I found another sponsor, and uh, he reached out and said, hey, I want to do your music. And so we had a DJ, and his name's Corey, and we had Corey DJ the, um, the trade night. And so the, 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 the marketing and the, the, the pump up for this trade night was fun because we had music sponsored, we had food sponsored, and we had a venue. And these are all folks that just want to help out and get their name out too. And so this is just great to have everybody kind of rallied together. And that's what we did for the second trade night is uh, we had a couple of sponsors. And, you know, what happened with that is our, our attendance doubled, um, you know, going from like four or five people in someone's house. We had about 15, 16 people come through and probably like five, six kids um, were also came through. And um, going into that card show, I had another friend. His name's Nate. And Nate sells cards locally at card shows in the area. And he said, hey, I'll, I'll give out some, uh, car- some cards and some packs and even some boxes of cards. And so we had a couple of prize giveaways. So if you're doing a, a, a trade night, definitely have, you know, your, um, your prizes and things like that if you can. So think of ways to bring people in. And adults and kids love free cards. And so we actually ripped open some cards, too. Um, during that time. But, you know, with that trade night, definitely add in those different elements to it. And so um, taking it a step further after that card and trade night was over with. um, Oh, and we also did it on a Sunday afternoon. I know sometimes Saturdays can be busy for for people playing sports. Sometimes Sundays can too. But we just did a Sunday afternoon, even though it's called a trade night. We still kept that term trade night and we just did it on a Sunday afternoon. Um, so it's everybody's personality. You can host it whenever you want. Um, but the Sunday afternoon seemed to work really well um, when we did the last one. And so in February, I'm looking to do the third annual, or not annual, the third um, trade night. But what I decided to do was add the card show component to it. And uh, a couple of folks in the area tra- you know, actually sell cards um, on the marketplace or at card shows in Raleigh. Um, or the surrounding area, and you know, I want to give them a place locally to sell cards, get their name out, and help them out because you know, local local card, you know, folks that are trying to sell, like it, it's tough paying you know fees sometimes on eBay or trusting um, a package or things like that, and so some people just like to sell locally. So I want to give them a voice and a place to sell, and so this next one's going to be exciting because we added in the trade night and selling of cards into it, and so we'll be back at that venue again and excited to have some folks selling cards, trading cards, and just having a good time with it, and I think that's going to provide another dynamic because, like I said, being in Garner, um, you know, we're right outside of Raleigh. We, We never had a card show here in Garner and so, I mean, my goal right now is to get 10 or 12 different vendors um, there. And even if we only get three or four, it's still a success. And so I try to try to encourage you, if you're listening, don't get too focused on like the numbers or, 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 or stopping or quitting when you're like, oh, only, only 14 people showed up to the second card show. I mean, or the card night that I just did. It's, it's okay. Like, just, just take a breath and just know that what you're doing, you're not doing it, or at least you shouldn't be. You're not doing it for the numbers. You're doing it for the fun. And just that, just that time of building relationships and having that time away just to be able to trade cards. Like, take it back to what you remember as, as being a kid. Like, don't get caught up in, like, how many people are coming or whatever like that, and you're doing it for the wrong reason. Just do it. 
uh, for the hobby like that like you see uh, some things people say online like this is for the hobby um, the hobby's going through a crazy recession right now and it's going through a lot of shadiness in my opinion and so if you could provide that light bulb in your community to be like hey trading cards and cards are fun like this is something that is a, is a safe thing to do and a fun thing to do um, get, 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 get people involved. And most importantly, uh, folks get kids involved. Like, you know, I'm 41, we're adults and we're having fun, but if the kids get involved and they're loving the hobby, it's only going to keep the hobby going and strengthening it the, uh, the next 10, 15 years from now. And so that's kind of what I've been doing when it comes to, um, you know, trade nights and card shows. And so just adding that dot, dot dynamic into it, I'll update you um, in a few more months and let you know how the actual, uh, you know, trade night and card show went. And like, again, if I only have, you know, three vendors show up, then I only have three vendors. But I think people will pick up with it and, and you know, knowing the dynamics and knowing your community. So if you're thinking about this or a light bulb goes off in your head of like, hey, I could do this in my town. I, I would encourage you to do it. You know, like if nobody's doing a trade night or have any card shows, then you do one and you have fun with it. And the more people that see that you're having fun with it and you're not obsessed with making money and trying to get as many people there as you can, like just be that promoter that is all about having fun. And I said this on the first podcast, but be that promoter that's focused on the transformation and not the transaction. If you can do that, Sponsors will come to you, people will help you out, and they'll see that you're being very genuine when it comes to the hobby. And so, so yeah, that's where I'm kind of going with this right now. Um, that, that card show vibe, you know, some of these, these, some of these shows, you know, sometimes people can't get to them. Um, sometimes, like, you know, some towns don't have them. And so I do have a luxury of being right next to Raleigh. We have a pretty good show, you know, near, near, near this area, but... You know, sometimes it's good just to have a smaller show and just have some connections with your town and your community um, and get some folks in. And my show that I'm doing, I'm not charging. It's a free show. And so build it up that way where people don't have to pay. They're just coming in, having fun, and having a good time. So that's kind of like the the recap of that. But just to, just to um, kind of reiterate like what, what I just said, a couple of tips. Make sure you communicate. Make sure that you ask for help. See if anybody wants to help you out with it. You know, collaborate, partner. Um, if you've got another person as passionate as I am about cards in your community, then you need to you need to link up with them um, and see how you guys can work together or you girls can work together. Like you've got to figure out how it doesn't become a competition. You can kind of link up and get get it going in your community. And the third thing is. You know, don't forget when you're doing that show, you know, make sure that you've got some giveaways and you're engaging with your your folks that come through. And that kind of segues to the next thing. So uh, if you are interested or ever um, want some more advice or want to connect with me, um, you know, after the podcast, you know, feel free to connect, message me on Instagram. Love to love to chat with you. Um, love to get on the phone with you and just kind of go through this a little bit more detail on what I've been doing with the trade nights. But again, low key, low scale, nothing big. Anybody can do it. And that's my encouragement to you. Now, something then, this is another reason why I've been doing this too. Engagement in the hobby. And so I'm going to go off on this for a little bit, go off a little bit of a, 
uh, tangent and get off my long type moment. Until until card shows and <laughs> card shops can learn how to engage with their customers, the, the hobby is going to continue to suffer. You know, like I, I've I've seen this on YouTube. And I have hear people talking about this. Oh man, this card show didn't do well, or you know, this card show was dead, and you know things like that. Well, the the first thing that I that I think about is that the card show is dead. Then you know, are are people even interacting with the customers? Like a lot of people that go to a card show are going to be your average collector, like myself. So when I go into a card show, I'm going to walk around and I'm going to look at cards. I don't have a ton of money to spend, but if I come to your table. And maybe I'm, I'm standing there looking around at cards. I would say since I've been doing this now, again, not that long, so but I do have some experience doing this. I've been to several. A lot of times people don't engage me. Like they don't even say, hey, what you looking at, man? Or maybe they see something on my shirt, like if I'm wearing a sports thing or something like that. They're not like, oh, yeah, you're, you're a Bulls fan or whatever the situation is. How do, how do these card you know, dealers engage with their customers. If you go into a card shop, are they saying hello to you when you walk through the door? Or is it just quiet? You know, are you an interruption of their time? Um, I I would say, I would venture to say, I was at the National um, in Atlantic City this year, and I would say 30%, maybe 40, I'll go with 40 actually, 40% of the dealers at Atlantic City did not know how to engage or even engage with me, and I realize a lot of people come by, and you know they're not going to have a full conversation. I don't want to be bothered either, but just a simple hello. Sometimes being in front of their booth, like just engaging with people, having certain giveaways from time to time. I mean, you've got to figure out what to do. You cannot just sit on in your chair and look at your phone, or just sit at your chair and just blindly look at me as a customer and not do anything. And I think that's what you're going to see in the next five years. You're going to see the cream rise to the top. And if people want to stay in the hobby, they're going to learn how to engage with their customer. And I'm not really seeing that right now. And that's why I'm more passionate than ever right now with doing a podcast, keeping some social media content going, because I don't, I just don't understand why we're not engaging with the customers. And you know, if that's the case, you know, why go to a card show? <laughs> if you walk around and the people that are selling cards are not that friendly um, or their prices aren't good, you know, and they're not willing to haggle or even have the conversation with you or, you know, you got, you got a problem there. And I would really take this piece of advice. If someone's willing to haggle with you and talk to you about a card for five minutes you know, get their name and info, like figure out, figure out a, a way to touch base with them. Cause if they're willing to take the time to do that, they actually probably care about what you're selling and they may be interested in buying from you. And so just, just, just some thoughts and, 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 a, and a soapbox that I want to get on is like, we, we have got to figure out how to engage with your customer. And I, I try to tell people with this uh, sometimes when I'm meeting with people uh, currently is, you, you, if you're an introvert, then you got to make yourself an extrovert. And if you're an extrovert like myself and you can be a little intimidating because you talk a lot and you're excitable, um, know your audience and maybe you got to turn it down a little bit to um, maybe turn it down a notch. But at the same time, you find your niche, but you can't find your niche in, sale, in sales if you're being quiet or you're not engaging with your customer. And so, like I said, at Atlantic City, there were some 
folks that were selling cards that were really doing a good job with engagement and I wanted to come back to their table or I took their business card or I wrote them down or I put them in my phone and said, oh, I'll, I'll hit them up again because they are interactive and they care. And, you know, people just want to make a quick flip and that's what people did during the pandemic. Those people are not selling cards anymore. Those people are, are going to be gone. And the folks that actually care about the hobby will stay around. So if you're sad or don't understand why the hobby's going backwards or the card show wasn't good, you may want to look at what you're doing if you're a card shop owner or you're going to these card shows as a vendor. What are you doing to engage with your customer? So just a couple of things that I want to talk about with engagement. I'm going to talk about this some more um, as well through these podcasts and things like that. But love to hear your thoughts. You know, have you had a good experience at a card show recently? If you did, what was that? You know, feel free to, um, you know, message me on uh, on Instagram. You could leave a, a comment or a review on this podcast on Spotify. But let me know, like, a great experience. You know, that's that would be great for the community and this hobby to know what is a great experience at a card shop? What is a great experience at a card show? And so I'll leave you with this one plug. Kentucky Roadshow uh, cards. Kentucky Roadshow cards or Roadshow cards. Those guys know what they're doing and they know how to engage, and they know how to engage with their, um, with their customers, and just check them out, um, Kentucky Roadshow, just check those guys out on Instagram, and check out what they're doing, um, but a big plug for them, like I said, I'm not trying to be negative, it's not like nobody in the hobby knows what they're doing, um, we, we, that was just too big of a percentage, and I did not expect to see that at a national at the national card show in Atlantic city to see that much engagement. It was just, it was very sad to see some of these card show, you know, show dealers, this, the sitting there. And it's like, how much money did you pay <laughs> to, you know, for this space in here? And, and there's people that are on a waiting list that want to take your spot and they're just sitting there. And so maybe they'll learn, maybe they won't, but I will say I'm, I'm seeing right now just being in this hobby for, you know, just a little under a year right now, jumping back in, you know, folks that are just flipping cards and just trying to make money and just, you know, th- those folks are leaving the hobby and the old school card show, I mean, card shop owner and folks are going to card shows that have done it that way since the 80s. You better watch out. You're going to get passed over. So just want to throw that out there. Um, but like I said, let me know if you had a great experience at a card shop or a card show. I know those are very different things. And uh, I'll probably talk about card shops um, at another time. But just want to throw in engagement and how important that is to the customer. So let me know what you think about this. Thank you guys for joining me on episode two. Remember to follow uh, this podcast and also follow me on old man style cards on Instagram. And I'm also on Facebook. So, and working on YouTube. So you can type in old man style cards on that, on that platform too, but working on the YouTube, it's not there yet. Um, this baby steps, but thank you again for your support and I'll see you next time. Have a good day guys.